time for your morning briefing of junior mining and mineral exploration news. You are tuned in to Mining Stock Daily. Now, reporting from the Clear Creek Digital Studios in Denver, Colorado, here's your host, Trevor Hall. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Mining Stock Daily Morning Briefing. This is Trevor Hall. And I'm Paul Harris. Today is Wednesday, September 6th, and hold on, because there is a ton of news out today. In fact, what we're going to report is maybe just a fraction of all the news out uh, out of junior mining. Paul, this is crazy. Busy day. I know. It's almost like there's some conferences coming up or something. <laughs> Something's going on. All right, so let's jump into it. Tuesday, gold was scalped for 15 bucks, with 95% of the price decline occurring after the Eastern Hemisphere Physical gold trading markets closed for the day, and the paper trading forums in London and NYC assumed command of the markets. Gold did manage a brief bounce when weak economic numbers hit the tape at 8.30 New York time, but then it fell even more, down to $1,951 per ounce, where it settled for the afternoon. Silver's journey was a bit different. After getting slammed shortly after midnight from $24.25 per ounce to as low as $23.82, the price shot back up to $24.20 an hour before the COMEX opened, but the management team seemed intent on pushing it back below $24, and silver replunged to settle $23.87. It's down $0.68, or 2.8%. The Mining Stock Journal said it could not find any specific news catalyst or events that might have caused the big sell-off in the precious metals. This usually means that the price control squad was behind the trading action. The mining stocks fared no better, with the GDX down a little over 2% Tuesday. The Mining Stock Journal noted that the market sentiment and energy level with respect to the precious metal sector is still low and could remain that way for the balance of the week. We'll get to the news from the miners and explorers in a moment. But first, a word about today's sponsor. This episode of Mining Stock Daily is brought to you by Western Copper and Gold. Western Copper and Gold is focused on developing the world-class casino project in Canada's Yukon Territory. Casino consists of an impressive 11 billion pounds of copper and 21 million ounces of gold in an overall resource. Western Copper and Gold trades on the TSX and the NYSE American with WRN. Be sure to follow the company via their website at westerncopperandgold.com. And here's what you need to know this morning. Arizona Sonoran Copper provided updates today on exploration and development activities at the Cactus Mine Project, inclusive of the park's Salier deposit. The company says they are on track and on budget to deliver the PFS for the project in Q1 of next year. It will include the enriched and oxide material, which comprises about 75% of the total mineral resource. The company is targeting a step up from the PEA's 28,000 tons per annum to 45 to 50,000 tons per annum and to a mine life well beyond 18 years previously outlined. The company noted they are anticipating a high conversion of the 2.9 billion pounds of just over 1% total copper at Park Salier mineral resource estimate into the indicated category from the inferred category. Arizona Sonoran trades on the TSX with ASCU. Okay, let's stay on the same deposit, but a different company, Ivanhoe Electric, 
provided an initial assessment for its Santa Cruz copper project. The assessment is a preliminary technical and economic study and focuses on a small surface footprint with 5.9 million tonnes per year of underground operations supported by exotic oxide and enriched domains of the Santa Cruz and East Ridge deposits. Copper production is estimated to be 1.6 million tonnes over a 20-year mine life with an average grade of 1.5% total copper and C1 cash costs of $1.36 US per pound. Copper recoveries of 95.4% are expected to be achieved through a combination of SXEW and conventional froth flotation. Ivanhoe Electric trades on the NICE American and the TSX under IE. Uh, that'd be one hell of a project if the two combined, wouldn't it, Paul? Imagine that. <laughs> Heliostar Metals published new drill results from the Anapala project in Mexico. The three holes, the three drill holes reported, are the first to assess mineralization down plunge of the high-grade panel at the core of Anapala. Results included 98 meters of six and a half grams per ton gold in hole 303, 85 and a half meters of seven, excuse me, 4.7 grams per ton in hole 304 and 47.6 meters of 3.2 grams per ton gold. Grades in these holes are variably higher than the predicted than that predicted in the current resource model. These holes expand the high-grade panel to 280 meters of total length from near surface. With drilling at the panel now complete, the company plans to introduce new exploration targets within and around Annapala to start to unlock the full potential of the district. Heliostar Metals trades on the Venture Exchange with HSTR and on the OTCQX with HSTXF. Brixton Metals reported assays from surface rock and soil samples on the Metla and West targets and additional targets across the Thorn Project in British Columbia. 18 rock grab samples yielded more than 1% copper with 11 yielding greater than 5% and 4 more than 10% copper at the West target. Nine rock grab samples yielded greater than five grams per ton gold, and six assayed greater than one percent copper at the Metla target, and four greater than ten grams per ton gold. Brixton Metals trades on the TSXV under BBB and on the OTCQB under BBBXF. Philo announced assays from hole 78 in the Aurora Zone and hole 87 testing the 1.3-kilometer gap between the Aurora and Bonita zones at the Filo del Sol project in San Juan, Argentina. Highlights included 1,430 meters of 0.55% copper equivalent from a depth of 42 meters, including 16 meters of 4.73% copper equivalent. The company said this intercept supports the idea of continuous mineralization across the 1.3-kilometer distance between the Aurora and Bonita zones. Hole 78 was abandoned prior to reaching target depth, but intersected 14 meters of 2.1% copper equivalent and 63 meters of 1.5% copper equivalent. Philo said if holes 90 and 91, pay attention, which are currently underway, hit, it will have discovered a continuously mineralized length of at least 5 kilometers from Tembarias in the south to Benita in the north. Philo trades on the TSX with FIL and on the OTCQX with FLMMF. Wow. 
Standard Lithium announced a feasibility study for its first commercial lithium extraction plant project to be located at Glancis South Plant in Arkansas, with the aim of producing battery quality lithium carbonite in 2026 using direct lithium extraction from Smackover Brine. The operation would produce 5,400 tonnes per year over a 25-year minimum operating life. The project would yield an after-tax net present value of 550 million US dollars at an 8% discount rate with an internal rate of return of 24%, following a $365 million capital development. The company now plans to finalise commercial agreements with Lanxus and secure project financing, while also exploring funding opportunities within the US Critical Mineral Initiatives and the Inflation Reduction Act. Standard Lithium trades on the TSXV and NICE American under SLI. FPX Nickel announced a PFS for the Baptiste Nickel project in British Columbia to produce an average of 59,100 tons per year of nickel over a 29-year mine life. The project would yield an after-tax NPV of just over $2 billion at an 8% discount rate and an IRR of 18.6% at an $8.75 per pound nickel following a $2.2 billion initial capital cost. The phase development has an initial phase with a mill throughput rate of 108,000 tons per day, followed by a cash flow funded expansion of 162,000 tons per day. The operation would have the flexibility to produce either a high-grade concentrate of 60% nickel for direct feed into the stainless steel industry or further refining it into battery-grade nickel sulfate, cobalt precipitate, and copper concentrate products for the battery material supply chain. FPX Nickel trades on the TSX Venture with FPX and on the OTCQB with FPOCF. Revival Gold announced results from a third stage of metallurgical testing on sulfide material for a milling option from the Beartrack Arnett Gold project in Idaho. The aim was to evaluate the flotation performance of the high-grade component of sulfide material at Beartrack Arnett and assess its potential to yield a saleable concentrate. Results show gold recoveries of 93% to concentrate from a composite sample grading 4.6 grams per tonne gold. A concentrate grade of 50 grams per tonne was achieved with a relatively coarse particle grind size and a resulting mass pull of just 8.9%. The company says these results support a potential meal development concept that would involve the production and sale of concentrate rather than the construction of a complete on-site gold production facility for the project. Revival Gold trades on the TSXV under RVG and on the OTCQX under RVLGF. We're not done, folks. We keep going. Ridgeline Minerals has added 141 load claims to its Big Blue project in Nevada. The property includes the past-producing Delker Mine and Scarnhill Adit, which collectively produced a reported 94,434 pounds of copper at an average grade of 6.2% copper between 1916 and 1917. Big Blue now comprises of 502 contiguous load claims, totaling just over 10,000 acres or 41 square kilometers. Ridgeline says the project has not seen a sustained exploration effort in decades and exhibits excellent potential to make new porphyry, copper, and carbonate replacement style polymetallic discoveries. Ridgeline trades on the venture with RDG and on the OTCQB with RDGMF. Meridian Mining announced that Gilbert Clark 
agreed to take on the CEO role for the company, and Suzanne Sesselman accepted the interim chair role. Meanwhile, Adrian MacArthur has been reappointed president. The changes reflect the board's strategy for Meridian going forward and to forego the previous executive chair role as, the, as it continues to advance the search for an independent chair to be appointed expediently. Meridian Mining trades on the TSX under MNO and on the OTCQX under MRRDF. All right. This is the wildest day of news I think we've had on the morning briefing in the five years we've been producing it, Paul. So this is nuts. Let's get out of here. The information, (laughs) the Mining Stock Daily Morning Briefing is produced by Clear Commodity Network and Investment Research Dynamics Mining Stock Journal. It is distributed throughout the world through your podcast network of choice and by our friends over at the Junior Mining Network. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Be well. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.